It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes, you're not believing what's going on with you doing returns at the store. And I could not have pictured that I'd be sharing information with you like I will be in just a few minutes. And later, speaking of the store, Toys R Us, no more. So what are the moves you should make as Toys R Us and Babies R Us goes, go extinct? I'm going to fill you in on the potential benefits and pitfalls of the going out of business of these two retailers. So I want to talk right now about a word that really no one except people in the financial industry had ever heard of till about two years ago. And still, a lot of Americans aren't familiar with the word fiduciary, but a lot more are than were before. A fiduciary is someone who has to put your best interests first. It's like going to a doctor. You wouldn't expect a doctor to decide that he or she is not going to give you the recommended best treatment because somebody else is paying them more money to give you an inferior treatment. But that's exactly how the investment community has worked and insurance industry have worked for decades, where the industries are set up specifically to do things that are harmful to you because it makes more money for players in the industry and the individual salespeople earning commissions in the industry. So there are so many abuses that have occurred especially to people approaching retirement. And that's why the U.S. Department of Labor proposed a couple of years ago a rule that was already supposed to be in effect that has now been suspended and based on a court decision affecting a handful of states may never see the light of day. And so it means that hunting season will be open 365 days a year to destroy your investments and retirement in order to line the pockets of insurance companies and brokerage houses to your great detriment and your great harm. So what it means is buyer beware. You need to know when you are saving for your future or approaching retirement and you're trying to figure out what to do and how to do it, that there are people out there who will put your interests first and there are people out there who will smile to your face and stab you in the back. And it is that stark and that clear. You know, nobody gets cheated more than school teachers. I don't know if you're aware of this, 
But school teachers generally are in a vastly inferior retirement plan known as a 403B. And 403Bs are done in a way that teachers are ripped off beyond belief. Even in a rising stock market, teachers' retirement accounts often will shrink because of the gigantic, monstrous fees that are built into these 403Bs. It's just one example of how the investment community and in the case of 403Bs, insurance companies specifically, have conspired to make people's retirements insecure so that they can pad their pockets. You can, though, do things to protect your money, and even if you're starting out investing, there are easy ways for you to invest where you can avoid the locusts with the full commission stock brokerages and with the insurance companies that will destroy your future. And not only will they have no conscience about it, but they will suffer no consequences because under the law it is legal for them to rip you off. And that is a tragedy. So you are the one who has to avoid it. You have to be your own police officer And I want you to know that you have my pledge and my promise that I will continue to offer more and more roadmaps for you, depending on what stage you are in life with investing, so that you will be able to protect what you have worked to save or to make sure if you start saving and investing, to do so the right way and not be taken advantage of by one of these terrible, terrible organizations that would seek to be on a search-and-destroy mission for your own wealth. At Clark.com, I have an investment guide that I am going to organize a new way, and I will let you know when it's fully updated. But even today, it's helpful to you to avoid the people that would take advantage of you. But you need to know and be on your guard that you are a sitting duck again. And the danger to what you're trying to accomplish is real. School teachers, unless you are receiving some form of match in a 403B plan where you work, do not do the 403B plan. Do your own Roth IRA. I have steps at Clark.com that will walk you through how to set up that Roth IRA and begin funding it and do the whole thing in less than 10 minutes. The beauty is that you'll pay somewhere between 120th and 140th of the fees that you would be charged in a 403B plan provided by your school district, school system, or teacher's union. Melissa is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing? I'm great, Clark. Thanks for having me on. Sure, Melissa. So oh, you, have a, you. you have a Go teenager ahead. 
who's about to cost you more money than you can shake a stick at. I'm afraid so, and I'm hoping you have some advice on that. I have a son that will soon be driving, and I'm trying to find the best and cheapest way to insure him without killing my pocketbook. And um, how how you think the best way to structure it? Is it for his own policy, or should he be on our policy? In most states, it works out to be cheaper to have him be an additional driver of an existing vehicle in your household, to not have a dedicated vehicle. Now, this could insurance is set by each of the 50 states. Insurance policy and law is set by the 50 states instead of a national standard. So I'm giving you general guidance here, Melissa, but overwhelmingly in most states, it's a lot cheaper for your son to be added to your policy rather than be on his own with his own vehicle. Okay. Another question I might have related to that, I've heard you speak about umbrella policies. I'm not overly wealthy, but uh, we do have a paid-for home and things of that case. So while I'm adding this extra risk, is this the time when I need to think about getting that as well? With what you just told me, 100%. Okay. Because teenagers... We, we hope they are safe on the road, but brains are still developing. The driving experience, well, not so much. And so the risk of accident is higher. And that's why having an umbrella policy that for people who aren't aware of what it is, it provides an additional layer of protection, usually at a cost of a couple of hundred dollars a year, that sits on top of your homeowner's insurance and auto insurance. Right. I, I believe I've reached the time for both of those things now. So I and, appreciate your help, Clark. And I got to say one other thing. You know, I had this come up just last month where the additional premium cost for a teen driver was beyond the reach of the individual who's calling me, could not afford it for his child. And I talked about how overwhelmingly in America, people are no longer getting licenses till their 18th birthday because of this extreme cost of auto insurance to add a mid-teen teenage driver. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll be able to hold mine off that long. He's chomping at the bit. (laughs) Just like I was. And it, it is considered to be a rite of passage, but it's become a very expensive rite of package passage. Chuck is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chuck. Hey, how are you? Great, thank you, Chuck. You've got something happening from your credit card company, which is a real danger sign. Yes. What are they doing to you, Chuck? Well, I received a notice from them that they had lowered my credit limit uh, by $8,000. From what to what? From $18,000 to $10,000. Okay, that is a real problem for you on multiple levels. And what excuse or explanation came with that credit limit reduction? Uh, Current accounts not used enough for assigned credit limits. And and balance on non-Capital One revolving, oh, sorry. That's all right. Uh, Trades were too low. Um. We don't ever carry a balance, 
How much um, how much utilization do you have in a month though? Like how much of your credit cards are you using? Like what kind of balance total are you running up on cards before you pay in full? Uh, less than all cards, less than two percent. Okay, so what they're worried about is likely that you would suddenly all at once, having built up a phenomenal credit score with what you just described to me with two percent utilization. Your credit score is probably around 820 to 830. Right. How close was I? Uh, 828. I, I guess I, I was pretty close there. Okay. So with a score in that range and such low utilization, what they must fear in their modeling at Capital One is that you might suddenly decide you got all this credit, you're going to go use it, and walk away from it. Now, that obviously doesn't sound like what you're up to, and this will affect your utilization uh, ratio by just a tiny amount, I would guess. What's your overall credit line? Uh, all cards? Yeah. About twenty-five, thirty thousand. 30000 Ooh, this will affect you. Okay. Right. So what I want you to do is quickly I want you to go apply for another Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express from another issuer. Okay. Because if your overall credit line is 25, it's now going to drop to 17. You're in danger of your utilization rising, which will potentially will affect your credit score. So I would get another card that will replace that headroom that you're losing. Okay. I guess my main question is, why would someone do that um, with the credit history we've had with that company? That is a great question, and I can't speak for Capital One. All I can tell you is that last decade, credit card companies uh, started seeing a pattern that's being repeated now which is people who had been paying very well suddenly stopped paying. And a lot of credit card companies worried about that may pull the trigger more and more on reducing credit limits to reduce exposure. So your prior pattern doesn't matter to them. They're looking at overall patterns likely. And that's why you may have seen your credit limit reduced almost in half. And that's why you need to diversify with a card from another issuer as well. I got an unpleasant surprise for you in today's Clark Rageous moment. It's the result of a terrible problem that has hit American retailing, and that is return fraud. But the solution to the problem seems to me an incredible overreaction. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So here's the deal. A bunch of chains now are using third-party software when you come to return items to the store where even if you're living up to the return conditions of the store, even if you return an item with the receipt, you may be banned from returning an item to that store ever. I saw an item recently, uh, I already knew about this, but then I saw an item in the Wall Street Journal that took this to an extreme I was not aware of. Best Buy uses 
an outside contractor that does the worst of what I just said. And there's no route for appeal at Best Buy. If you return what they consider to be too many items, even if it's not an issue where they're worried about fraud, if they decide that you are not profitable enough for them as a customer, you are banned from returns, no ifs, ands, and buts. Now, I understand the problem with fraudulent returns, but to go after people based on a profitability index score who are returning things as permitted with proof that they purchased the item, that is absolutely clark Rageous. And Best Buy, you're in a fight for customers. You should stand down on this. Glad to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Okay, so I've said over and over and over and over again, don't give people gift cards anymore because there's too much instability in retail and restaurant. And the only time you should buy a gift card today, if you're going to buy one, is it needs to come with additional value that makes it worth doing so as you've probably seen across the restaurant industry, restaurants commonly now give you additional money, like you buy a $50 gift card, they give you $60 worth of food, that kind of thing. That is something where you know you have the benefit of additional value to weigh against the prospect that they might go bust and you lose whatever unused money you have on the gift card. That's risk versus reward. But dollar for dollar, the risk isn't worth it. Think about Toys R Us. Toys R Us, in an unusual move, even though they're liquidating, is giving people several more weeks to use gift cards in Toys R Us and Babies R Us stores. That is notable because that is an exception to what usually happens. And by the way, I know we have a Toys R Us gift card and our we have a gift card drawer when people give us gift cards and we got to get that card out and go buy a gift for someone because my kids have aged out of Toys R Us and go buy something and we have a gift for someone with that gift card. But if you don't do it fast, the money is going to evaporate. Now, I want to say something specifically about Toys R Us, Babies R Us. With their failure, they are going to do uh, auctions to liquidators, and what are known as GOBs will commence, operated by different companies that specialize in this kind of stuff, in the next few weeks. So... In the GOB industry, GOB going out of business, what it stands for, the way this works is the liquidators pay cents on the dollar for the inventory in the failed stores' buildings. And they pay store by store, or they buy a bulk of stores' inventory. And then with that purchase of the inventory, 
they also are given a right by the bankruptcy court to operate as if they are, in this case, Toys R Us or Babies R Us, for a number of days that will be stated. Usually it will be for a period of about six total weeks. And so the liquidator comes in, and this is the sneaky, sneaky you have to be totally aware of. The liquidator will not only have the inventory they bought from the location that they will be running the GOB, but they will also bring in what I call fake merchandise, inventory that they buy from toy manufacturers, in this case, or with Babies R Us stuff for children, you know, children, infants, babies, and they'll bring in this third-party inventory that never resided inside the Toys R Us or Babies R Us. The key and core of why they do this is they got to be able to do these things like clockwork, where at first they'll say everything is 10, 20, 30% off, and the next week it's 20, 30, 40% off, and on and on by like the end of it where everything is 70, 80, 90% off. But the gig is a lot of the merchandise in the store, remember, was never there. The retail prices they put on the stuff made up, and the discounts you're being offered phony because the stuff never sold at the prices being put on them as was prices ever anyway. When you are at any GOB, at any retail store that's closing, you need to use your smartphone as your best friend. And any item you're considering buying, because they're screaming it's this massive discount, you need to use your smartphone to shop for that item. There are many apps people use. I just use a simple website, frugal.com, which is a Google thing. And you put in the exact description of the item, as exact as you can be, and then it will comparison shop for you both online and in physical stores. And then you'll be able to see if an item you're looking at is a deal or not. There will be no returns allowed, all sales final, likely at all the GOBs that are run for Toys R Us, Babies R Us, which is the standard operating procedure at any GOB anyway. And by the way, any analysis you hear or read or see that says Toys R Us went bust because they couldn't compete with Amazon is not true at all. Toys R Us destroyed itself by going through a purchase where the people who bought it loaded it with so much debt that there was no way Toys R Us could have survived Amazon or no Amazon. Heather is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Heather. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Heather. You have a very good saver in a three-year-old. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> With a little help from Grandpa. So your three-year-old is so industrious, he or she has saved how much money? Uh, we have $7,000 for hopefully college one day. Wow. So, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the best uh, uh, bang for my buck, I guess, for his future. And I, you know, looked around a little bit, but uh, you're, you're the expert, so looking for some advice. 
So first of all, Grandpa did a very generous thing. He did. And the money flows tax-free because it's less than $15,000. There's no gift tax issues at all, anything like that. Now, Mm -hmm. the best way to, if the purpose is college, and what is the culture in your family? What are the odds that your three-year-old son is going to go to college? Um, Very good, I would say. Um, my uh, my most of us have at least a bachelor's degree. Okay, so so your family culture, college is just part of the deal. Yes. All right. So then you do want to take that money and slap it into a five twenty nine college savings plan. Okay. That either you own or your son's dad owns. Either way. Okay. So you buy the plan. And then you simply name your three-year-old as the designated beneficiary. Okay. And the money will grow tax-free the next 15 years. And then at whatever point in college life that you decide to use the money, 15 to 20 years from now, all of it is spent tax-free on eligible college expenses. Okay, so there's no penalties of any kind to take it out? or Not if it's used for eligible for... college expenses or private school up to an amount of ten grand in okay. a year from uh, first to twelfth grade. Okay, and so, okay, so it, there's no uh, minimum amount of time it needs to be in a 529? No, as long as it's being used for an eligible school expense, okay. then that's the key. But the real benefit to you is not to withdraw the money for at least the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you want as much tax-free growth as you can get. Okay. Are and they high-risk? So, like, okay, what? what a great question. So 529 okay. plans are operated with the sanction of states. And so you, the state says, okay, this is one of the 529 plans that we as a state are willing to lend our name to. And there are many, many 529 plans. A lot of states sanction a number of plans. Okay. But the plans range from really horrifically terrible to really great. And I'm not even talking about the investments they go in. Some of the state-sanctioned plans have massive fees, commissions, and expenses. Mm-hmm. And so I have a guide on my website of the Great. good plans. And so you can look, and if you see your state is on either my dean's list or my honor roll, put the money for your three-year-old into that plan. Okay. Now let's move to the investment choices. So you were asking about risk. With a three-year-old, the risk is minimal because... If you put a three-year-old into what I like for you to put your child into, what's known as an age-based portfolio, Mm -hmm. the money will be invested very heavily tilted towards stocks, which in the short term can be a risk. But in the longer term, particularly with a window of 15 years or more, doing anything else is much riskier. Okay. And with the the age-based portfolios, as your child ages – the mix of investments gets steadily more conservative. Okay. And when your child is like a high school sophomore beyond, then it's very conservatively put away so you don't have to worry about the stock market falling through the floor close to a child entering college. Okay. 
So that's what I do. And Grandpa can be as generous as he wants to be every year and throw <laughs> more money towards your son's college. And that will be a big help because college is so expensive, Heather. Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joe. Hi, how are you doing today, Clark? Great, thank you, Joe. So you are a USAA insured. Correct. Thank you for your service to our country. Which branch were you in? Um, I actually was not. My father was in the military. He was in the Army. Well, your dad, by his service to our nation, made it possible for you to be a USAA insured. Correct. And I guess my question is, um, dealing with them being an online bank and an insurer, um, I'm with a uh, with a credit union, and I'm just wondering, is it a good move to uh, make, make the move almost as a one-stop shop, or is there better options for me? The way I would look at that is if you've got a really good credit union, you've been happy with them, uh, there's no hiccups, that there's no reason for you to make a change. On the other hand, if uh, the credit union has not been a great partner for you, then going to USAA Bank is a great choice because it's very, very simple to do business with them. I don't know that there's that much difference using them because you have insurance with them. I don't know that that is a big help, but I can tell you USAA Bank is now one of the largest banks in the United States. And they do that with, with a very limited eligible population to be with them, and they still ended up being a very large bank because they've done a good job for people. Okay. I was just wondering, because of to make the move, because they do offer, being an online bank, they offer a higher interest rate on savings? Then you can earn at your credit union? Then I okay. would make the move. Okay. All right. That's what I was interested in. And as you know, the reason USAA has grown so much is because the customer service is just about the best you're going to find with any company in the United States. And that's what I've kind of felt just dealing with them the little bit that I have. They've been very helpful. They also have been a very leading edge in innovation. And they were one of the first banking institutions many, many years ago to offer the ability to do deposits over your phone, which today is a very common thing. Mm -hmm. But when they did it, they were the pioneer in that. Okay. It's just an example. So they are very innovative. Excellent. So I would feel comfortable using them. How is... Um doing some of the uh, IRA investments and things with them. Is that, a, is that a good option, or should I look elsewhere for that? I mean, there. I don't want anybody doing retirement accounts with a bank. Okay. I want you doing retirement accounts with one of the very low-cost providers, mm -hmm. like uh, Vanguard or Schwab. or I mean, the big four are Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, and T. Rowe Price. Okay. And so that's one thing that uh, USAA is a very good provider. They offer decent Roth IRAs, but I like for you to look at the really low-cost players when you're looking to build up those kind of accounts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kathy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kathy. How you doing? Hi there, I'm well, thank you. Kathy, you got a question for me about you getting your free annual credit report from annualcreditreport.com. Yes, and that is not where I went to get it. Oh. <laughs> yes, my mistake. Um, I did go to Clark.com. Okay. And instead of just merely looking at the top bar you provide there to find you know, Clark deals, and it would have been right there, it turns out it was an advertisement for three credit scores free, oh. 60 seconds for $0. Oh. I clicked on it and went on <laughs> oh. through it, and um, it turned out they wanted a dollar, but you could ask for that refund. Oh. So I gave them all my information, and sure enough, I mean, it, the credit you know report did come up from all three um, agencies, and everything was fine. And then when I called to get my dollar back, it went into, you know, a real big sales pitch and it was twenty nine ninety five a month. Right. For the monitoring and identity theft and Total ripoff. You know, yeah. Well I felt like it was. Yeah. I you know, I kept saying, That's not where I called. I just wanted to see, oh, but what's wrong, what's wrong? Well, nothing's wrong. I, you know, just had not done it for many years. Where are you should. now? Have you been able to get your yeah. i'm not as worried about your dollar as i am about yeah. them now with that credit card number putting through big charges every uh-huh. month well and that's what i'm hoping and wondering how do i watch for that now i guess um all right they, so do you monitor the credit card that you used to give them that dollar charge privilege do you monitor that card online I have not, but I have the ability to. All right, I want you to set up that, and the second they post one of those rip-off $30 a month charges, which mm-hmm. I'm saying will not, if, I think they will do that, I want you to dispute that immediately and explain that, don't even get into too much explanation. Okay. And if you do need to give more explanation later, you talk about how you called them and told them you wanted nothing other than your dollar back. And instead, now you're getting all these phony charges. Right, and okay. And be prepared to have to be persistent. Yeah. And the thing with um, with this is there are legit ways for you to have access to your credit report routinely, your score as well, Credit Sesame, Credit Karma. But to get the official sanctioned website just to see your report, annualcreditreport.com. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, 
we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 